You can turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, while I'm hooking up here, let's see. Is everything the way it's supposed to be, Henry? Okay. Make sure I'm hooked up here. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. When you find your place, please stand if you're able in honor to the Word of God. And we'll uh, read these verses, and then I'll, I'll pray and ask God to be with us here as we go through the Scriptures. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. If you would bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we again ask you to be with us now as we go into the Scriptures. Lord, we thank you for the good singing and the music that just uplifted our hearts and brought us close to Thee. Lord, but now we go into Your Scriptures and we ask You to speak to our hearts, Lord, particularly if there's someone here that does not know Thee as Savior. Lord, would You save them tonight? Help them to see their sin. Help them to see their need of a Savior. And then help them to see Christ dying for them. Lord, I pray You'd give them the courage and the boldness to come forward and accept Thee tonight. Lord, and those of us who are saved... Would you give us strength and encouragement through the Scriptures? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I was, I was, I was thankful that I got an opportunity to preach tonight. Uh, pastor called me and I had something on my heart just in case. Uh, I, just, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to preach tonight, but I wanted to make sure I had something. And so I chose this portion of Scripture, and it's talking about a man named Blind Bartimaeus. A man who was blind, I guess by birth, it doesn't say, but he was a blind man, and he had to be on the highway side begging, or at least this particular day he was. We don't know if that's where he was always at, because uh, he may have chosen other places to beg. Sometimes it might have been the town center, sometimes it might have been another area, but today he was on the highway side begging. And he was a blind man, the Bible says, so obviously he was probably brought out there by relatives. Someone led him out to the highway side to beg, unless he knew the steps to get there. That's very possible. Down in Austin where I worked, I used to have to pass by a blind school once in a while. David, you might pass by that once in a while. And you'll see blind people walking around out there as if they had their sight. They've memorized the steps from building to building. They know how to get there without being assisted. But if you get them outside of that gate, they need help. They need someone to take them by the hand and guide them across the street. Or they need a walking dog. Or they need some kind of a cane to assist them. And blind Bartimaeus was, was no different. He was blind and he needed assistance to get to the, to the highway side. And, and the application I'd like to make tonight is, if we're going to have any uh, success in reaching people for Christ, we're going to have to understand something. If I'm going to have any success, if Brother Joe's going to have any success, Brother Scott, when he gets back, any of us out in the community or in your workplace, wherever you're at, you're going to have to understand something, that we're dealing with blind Bartimaeus out there. You see... We've, we're dealing with people that got physical sight. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who don't see like we do spiritually. They're spiritually blind. 
They can't see and understand what we understand and see. And sometimes we get frustrated when we deal with these people because we're giving them the Scriptures and we're sharing with them the Gospel and we want them to react the way we want them to, you know, to, to accept the Gospel, but they just don't seem to get it and we tend to get frustrated with them. And we've got to understand that they're blind. They don't see it like we do. We have to remember that there was a day when we didn't see it that way either. There was a day when we didn't understand what the Scriptures said and we were in that blindness. And there's a reason that blindness exists. If you'll turn with me to 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. We see a verse here that describes the reason for the blindness. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. The Bible says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You see, the God of this world has got the, the, the world blinded. He's got it so they can't understand the gospel. And it's a great battle that we have ahead of us trying to get the gospel, the light of the gospel, to shine in that darkness. We've got a battle ahead of us, and if we don't see that battle and we don't realize what's ahead of us, we're not going to do well. We're not going to do well reaching the, the lost because we won't see who the opponent is. And the opponent is the devil and all his power to keep people from understanding what we're trying to share with them in the gospel. But the light of the gospel is powerful in itself. And if we share it with them, God is able to, to remove that blindness from them. But we have to understand that they are blind. And we can't get frustrated and throw up our hands when we don't have the result the first time we talk with someone. We have to have patience. And just like you would take a blind man, if I brought a blind man out into the middle of the city and just left him and expected him to go wherever I wanted him to go and not help him, then I'm a fool. I have to understand that I've got to guide him along and bring him where I want him to be. And if you're going to win someone for the Lord, you're going to have to guide him along in the Scriptures and bring him where he needs to be to an understanding and ask God to help you. Because we need to understand we're dealing with the blind. I was spiritually blind. Every one of us here at a time in our life was like that. You see, I was blinded by self-righteousness. When I came to this church back in 1992, the 20th of September, I thought I was a good Christian. I came in the doors back in the old building, and I believed that I was on my way to heaven. I had men that came to my house. You see, most of you know my testimony, but for, for the sake of those that don't, I got out of the Air Force back in 1991, and I was living here in Killeen, not my home. I'm from Massachusetts. But I was living here in Texas, and I was struggling for the first time in my life. Everything up to that point seemed to go well for me. Everything I attempted to do went well for me. And I could exceed, succeed in just about anything I did. But all of a sudden, I found myself struggling for the first time in my life. I had a wife and two kids. I was living in my mother-in-law's house while they were in Italy. But it wasn't my own house. I couldn't find a job to support my family well. And I began to sit here and try to figure out what went wrong in my life that I couldn't succeed anymore. And as I was out in front of uh, the house cleaning my motorcycle, two men from Tabernacle Baptist Church came by my house on soul winning. And they came and they invited me to church. They talked to me for a bit. Their approach was quite unique. You see, I thought, and then what I was used to, is someone coming up and saying, listen, if you don't know who the Lord Jesus Christ is, you're going to hell. And I'm not saying that approach is wrong. Maybe it worked with some people. But I don't think that would have worked with me. And so what he did is when he saw me out there, he said, boy, that's a nice motorcycle. And I had already seen him coming down the road, and I was preparing a pretty harsh answer for him. But when he complimented my motorcycle, I couldn't give him that harsh response anymore. Because now they complimented my bike, and, and I couldn't be, you know, mean to him. And they began to talk to me about my motorcycle. 
And they began to tell me how dangerous it was and that, boy, I was riding something that was pretty dangerous and, and I had to agree with them. You know, I, I said, yes, it is. And, and they brought me to a point where, which I didn't realize, but they were trying to bring me to a point where they could talk to me about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he asked me a question. He said, if you died on that motorcycle, where would you go? And again, my mind is carnal. Even though I thought I was a Christian, I'm thinking, well, I'm really from Massachusetts, but I guess I'd go down to this morgue right down here. I don't know where I'd go, really. And he said, that's not what I mean. He said, if you died today, would you go to heaven? And I think my response was fairly quick. I said, well, sure I am. And he went beyond what anybody else has ever done before. Whenever I'd say, yes, I'm going to heaven, they'd go, well, brother, it's good to hear it, and they'd leave. But see, this man wasn't satisfied with that answer. He said, how do you know? I said, how do I know? No one's ever asked me that before. How do I know? And I began to list the reasons why I thought I was going to heaven. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up memorizing Scripture. I, I, I went to uh, church every time the doors were open. I even remember sitting in front of church and singing with my family in front of the congregation. Surely I've got to go to heaven. And he patiently listened to me. And then he began to tell me about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for me. And the fact that none of my goodness was going to get me there to heaven. We didn't accept Christ that day, but I was invited to church and I came. And we walked in on a Sunday service in the morning and came to the front row. And I heard for the first time preaching that really affected my heart. You see, God was preparing me to hear the gospel. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't preached before to me. I'm saying I heard it for the first time in my ears. It wasn't just something that was going past me and I wasn't paying attention to. I heard what was being said. My wife was blinded by a different way. You see, she was blinded by tradition and ceremony. She grew up in a Catholic church, and she believed that if she accomplished a certain amount of sacraments, the, the first communion and bap, uh, infant baptism, and I don't know what the list is, but you know what they are, some of you. And she believed that if she accomplished these things, that she'd be able to uh, merit favor with God, and that would be her access to heaven. And she was blinded by this until she was 27, 27 years old. I was 29 when I got saved. We were both blinded, in, but in different ways. A lot of this world is blinded by riches and finance, material things. You see, most people can't make it to church on Sunday because they've got to make the almighty dollar. And they can't find time to go to God's house and hear about God. They've got to make the almighty dollar. And as long as they've got that vision in their mind, they're not going to listen to people because they know the commitment will require them to give some things up. And they're too busy trying to achieve these things. And they're blinded by this wealth that we have in our country. You see, our country has prospered. Our country has done very well, but maybe to our detriment. Look at Israel. The Bible has all the example for us. Look what happened to Israel when God blessed them and gave them victory after victory and gave them prosperity and filled their mouths with food and filled their heart with song. They forgot God. And they began to say, look what we have done. Well, America's in that stage right now. You see, we're standing back and we're saying, look what we have done. The Gulf War, it was a great victory, but it hurt us. Because what, if you'll notice after the Gulf War, no one said God delivered us. You know what they said? They said, look what our military might did. Look what our M1A2 tank did. Look what our B-52s did. And they forgot to say, thank you, Lord, for saving us, for giving us this victory. We didn't acknowledge God. We left God completely out. We're so blinded in this nation by riches and wealth, by materialistic things. But every one of us here was in, in a state of blindness. And I dare say there are some of us still sitting here tonight that are just as blind, just as blind as you were from the day of your birth, just as blind as blind Bartimaeus is, though you have your sight. 
You see, something happened here in verse 47. The Bible says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I want you to, if you've got a pen or something, mark that word heard. He had to hear about Jesus. Just like any one of you had to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, you didn't just get saved one day because you felt like it. Someone told you about the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone shared with you what He did for you and, and the fact that you, without Christ, had no hope. You had to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. And blind Bartimaeus is sitting on the sideway, uh, highway side begging. And again, I don't know what happened here. I can only use my imagination. But as a great multitude of people followed the Lord and His disciples were with Him, it says in verse 46, that blind Bartimaeus heard this commotion going by. And since he couldn't see, he didn't know what was going on. And what he did was he said, Hey, can someone tell me what's going on here? I hear a great commotion of people. And again, I can only imagine... But maybe someone, by the way, heard him asking and said, Well, haven't you heard? This is Jesus of Nazareth. And, and I was watching him. And there was a man that didn't have his legs under him. He was lame. And, and, and Jesus gave him the ability to walk. And I saw him walk with my own eyes. I saw someone blind giving their sight. And now they see. I saw someone who was sick for years. And now they're healed. This is Jesus of Nazareth. Don't you know who he is? Or maybe it might have been someone who was touched by Jesus. Maybe it was someone who had a personal testimony who said, hey, I was on the highway side just like you and I couldn't walk and, and Jesus came by and gave me my legs under me and now I can walk. But it was a personal testimony. Don't you leave out your personal testimony when you go soul winning. Listen, when you're dealing with people, you're dealing with blind people, spiritually blind. And though you know and understand that this is the Word of God, they do not. And when you share it with them, in their mind they're going, well, that's just the words of man. They don't understand it to be the words of God. And they might sit here and doubt what you've read in the Scriptures. And I'm not telling you to leave off the Scriptures. You've got to use Scripture. It's the power of God unto salvation. But don't you forget your personal testimony. Because as much as they can try to argue with you the Word of God, they cannot tell you what happened to you didn't happen. They can't tell you that there wasn't a day when you came and, and, and accepted Christ as your Savior and now you're a new creature in Christ. You include your testimony. And I can only imagine, but maybe that's what happened here. Maybe someone said, you know, blind Bartimaeus said, well, I, I don't believe you. I, I never saw that. But he can't say it didn't happen to the man talking to him. I'm only, I'm only guessing here. I don't know. But maybe it was a testimony. It, it's important for people to hear. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, the Bible talks again about this hearing. Mark chapter 2, I'll read verses 1 through 5. We're talking about a time when Jesus, uh, Jesus was entering into the city of Capernaum. It says in verse, uh, verse 1 of Mark chapter 2, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. It was noise that he was in the house. In other words, the, the message was sent about, and everybody heard that Jesus was in the house at Capernaum. And it says here, And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive, him, receive them, no, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. You see, it was noised abroad that, that Jesus was in the house there in Capernaum. And it caused a stir enough so that all the people in the city, or, or a good part of them, came out to see what Jesus was talking about. Maybe they heard again from other people that he had done some wonderful miracles in other cities. At any rate, they wanted to hear what he had to say. And there was such a press of people there that when they brought the sick of the palsy there, they couldn't get close. There was no room for them to bring him in. 
And uh, these men that were carrying him could have easily said, well, you know, we've done what we could. I brought him to the door as close as I could, but I can't get you any further. And they could have brought him back from where they got him, and he'd have been in the same state he was when they left and brought him. But they didn't do that. You see, they had a man who had to get in contact with Jesus. The only way he was going to get healed is to find out who this Jesus was and to come in contact with him. And they knew that, and they knew that they had to get him there another way. The way they had just tried did not work, but they couldn't let it discourage them. Listen, we go out soul winning so many different times, or we go out into our workplace and we've been dealing with someone, and we've tried our method, we've tried our ways, and it just doesn't seem to work. Don't give up. Don't give up. Why don't you try uh, fasting and praying? Ask God how it is He wants you to approach this person. You see, these people could have given up, but they didn't. They went on the top of the house and they began to break up the roof. Listen, that wasn't their home. It didn't belong to any of the four men nor the palsy man. They began to break up someone else's house. It was that important to them that this man get to see Jesus. It was important to them that this man come before Jesus and see Jesus. Would to God it would be that important to us when we're trying to bring someone to Jesus that we'd go to some extreme extents to get them there. I mean some extreme extents. I'm, hey, listen, nowadays if, if that were us, we'd, we'd be worried about being sued. Hey, breaking up someone else's house, they'll sue me. I'm not telling you you've got to go break someone's window to bring someone in, but I'm, what I'm saying is these men went to extreme extents to get this man to Jesus because they knew that if they didn't get him to Jesus, he would have no hope. And you've got to understand that these blind people we're dealing with, spiritually blind, are going to have no hope if we don't get them to Jesus. And we can't let the barriers that the devil puts before us prevent us from bringing him. Back to Mark chapter 10. It says here that he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. And we have got to hear that it's Jesus of Nazareth. We're not going to come. We can't hear about Buddha. That will not help us. We can't hear about Confucius. That will not help us. We can't hear about Allah. That will not help us. We have to hear about Jesus of Nazareth. Blind Bartimaeus heard, and, and, and it caused something to happen in his life. You see in verse 47 at the end, it says, And he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he began to cry out to Jesus. And we see in verse 48 that the devil began his work. It says there, many charged him that he should hold his peace. Many people said, blind Bartimaeus, don't you cry out to Jesus tonight. Can't you see the multitude following him? He doesn't have time for you. Listen, when you're hearing the gospel preach and when someone's dealing with you, you better believe the devil's going to be right beside there trying to tell you to hold your peace. Trying to tell the person you're dealing with, hold your peace. Don't cry out to Jesus tonight. Listen, some of you have heard the gospel before. And you knew your heart was being tugged by the Holy Spirit. And the devil sat beside you and said, hold your peace. Don't go forward in the invitation. And you listened and you didn't go forward. You're still in spiritual blindness. You're still on your way to hell. I don't care if you sing in the pew. I don't care if you sing in the choir, I mean, or sit in the pew. I don't care if you're faithful to this church every time the doors are open. If you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says you're on your way to hell. Blind Bartimaeus cried out to the Lord Jesus, and many told him to hold his peace. I remember the day when Pastor Harvey was preaching. And I realized I was a sinner. All of a sudden it dawned on me that I wasn't the good Christian I thought I was. And I began to realize that I was on my way to hell that Sunday. And at first all I wanted to do was get my family out of that church. That was my first thought. Is If I wasn't sitting on the front row, I'd have been gone. But I was stuck on that front row. And I couldn't leave. But I said, as soon as this service is over, I'm getting my family out of here. Because I wasn't used to hard preaching like that. But I know at the end of that service, 
my heart was so broken about the fact that I was on my way to hell that all I wanted to do was go forward and accept Christ. And I remember raising my hand in that invitation and going forward and Brother Hammond's taking me to another room and dealing with me about my salvation. And I accepted Christ that day and my wife accepted Christ that day as well. And I'm so thankful that I didn't listen to the devil when he told me, John, you can't go forward. You see, you've told everybody you're already saved. Your mom and dad think you're saved. Your friends think you're saved. I'm glad I didn't listen to the devil. And I'm glad I went forward and I accepted Christ as my Savior and I became a new creature in Christ. But the devil will tell you to hold your peace. But you see, that didn't affect blind Bartimaeus because it says here in verse 48, after the men charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. You see, he had to get a hold of Jesus. He realized that Jesus was the only one that was going to be able to help him. And if he didn't get a hold of Jesus, he didn't know if he'd ever have another opportunity. Jesus was passing by Jericho. He wasn't stopping there preaching. It says as he went out of Jericho with a great number, he was not stopping. He was continuing on. And blind Bartimaeus realized that if he was going to get a hold of Jesus, it had to be right then. Listen, Jesus is passing by tonight. He may not ever pass by you again. He may not ever give you another opportunity. You don't know. I wish I could guarantee everybody here another opportunity to deal with the Lord, but I can't. You know why? Because we don't know what tomorrow holds for us. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. The Bible says in James 4, 14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Some of you sitting here tonight may not be here tomorrow. That's a harsh thing to think about. But if you want to think in reality, that's the truth. Some of you may not be here tomorrow. And you haven't accepted Christ yet. And He's passing by you tonight. And He's giving you an opportunity to cry out. And you're holding your peace. You're not crying out. And that's a danger. Because you don't know if He's ever going to pass by you again. Blind Bartimaeus realized that. And he began to cry out a great deal the more. He said, I've got to get a hold of Jesus. If I'm going to have healing, I've got to get a hold of Him. Listen, that cry of faith did something. You look in verse 49. It says, and Jesus stood still. <laughs> he was passing through Jericho. A great multitude of people was following Him. And just like any other time when Jesus was passing through, people thronged Him and asked Him and begged Him for things. But it wasn't moving Jesus or compelling Him to stop. But when blind Bartimaeus cried out, He stopped. You see, he was passing through, and all of a sudden he stopped and he said, I hear someone crying out in faith. I hear someone crying out in need who really wants to get a hold of me. And he stopped. You remember the day when Jesus stopped for you? Can you remember a day when he stopped for you? When you cried out like blind Bartimaeus, and you realized you were a sinner, and you said, save me, I can't save myself. And you cried out, and he stood still that day for you. And you asked him to save you, and he did. If you can't remember a day like that, friends, you're not saved. If you can't remember a day when the Lord stood still and allowed you to give Him your plea, and He answered that plea and saved you, you're not saved. It's important that you understand you must cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ because if He passes by and you ignore Him, you may not ever have another chance. And blind Bartimaeus realized this, and Jesus stood still for him. You see, he got a hold of the God of glory. He got a hold of the God of glory and he listened. He's not so far from us that he can't hear us. He's not so far that he can't hear our pleas. 
And he listened to blind Bartimaeus. And in verse 49 it says, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. You see, Jesus had already heard him pl- uh, cry out. He had already heard his plea. He, he's God. He knew what he wanted. He could have turned around and said, Blind Bartimaeus, receive thy sight. But he didn't do that. You see what he said here? He commanded him to be called. My friends, that's the type of soul winning. He commands us today to still call people and bring them to Jesus. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that his house may be full. It's our job to reach people. Jesus knew what his need was and could have taken care of it right there. But he asked, it doesn't say how many men, but he commanded them to bring him to him. We are still commanded to bring people to Jesus. And that's what our churches are leaving off today. I've been on deputation for six months. And I can say I went soul winning with maybe three churches. Maybe three. Only three churches did any type of soul winning. Where is our soul winning? We wonder why our churches are falling apart and why our churches are smaller and smaller. It's because we're not going out into the community and reaching the people. We don't see them as blind people. We think they're going to walk in on their own. And they can't find their way here. We've got to guide them in. We've got to bring them in through the Scripture and through the Holy Spirit and through kindness and tenderness and compassion and bring them in where they can hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. We're still commanded to do that. Verse 49, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. In verse 50 it says, And he, talking about blind Bartimaeus, And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. I'd like to, I'd like to point something out here. Blind, he, hadn't been, he hadn't been healed yet. He's still blind Bartimaeus. He still doesn't have his sight. But he did something here that would... That would uh, It's worth bringing up. It says, and he casting away his garment rose. You see, I'm told that in Jewish economy during that time, and it may still uh, be in effect, but I know back then it was, that if a man was a beggar, he wore a certain garment that identified him as a beggar, that identified him as a person in need. And people would see that and say, there's a beggar, and if they had something to give him, they'd be able to do that. But you see, blind Bartimaeus, as soon as he was called, it says that he took off his garment, He got rid of that garment. And that's special because you see, he hadn't been healed yet, but he was willing to get rid of that garment that identified him as a beggar. He knew he was going to the God of glory, and he knew he was going to get healed. He didn't have any doubt in his mind, and he knew he didn't need that blind beggar's garment anymore. He didn't bring it along with him and say, just in case I don't get healed, I'll keep it with me. He got up and he cast it aside and said, I am not going to be a beggar anymore. I know that Jesus is going to heal me. And he got rid of his garment. Listen, when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, there's going to have to be a casting away in our life. We're going to have to get rid of some things. You see, too many people want to come to God with their old lifestyle and say, I want to hold on to some of these sins. I want to come to Jesus, but I'm going to keep a hold of some of these sins. You can't come to God that way. You've got to be willing to get rid of it all and turn from your sin. Amen? That's what's, that's what's lacking in our churches. Repentance. I'm tired of hearing pastors say you don't have to repent. You don't have to feel sorry for what you did. And you don't have to have a, have a, have a godly sorrow in your heart for your life. Listen, how are you going to understand that you need to be saved if you don't realize what you're doing is, is making God separated from you? We have to understand that our sin separates us from God and that we get a godly sorrow for our sin and ask Jesus to forgive us. And we turn from our sin and turn to God. And we've got to get rid of that life. Listen, I'm not the same John I was 10 years ago. I had to get rid of some things in my life. Brother Dorman, you're not the same Keith you were. 
You had to get rid of some things. Everybody here had to get rid of some things. We had to cast away some things and trust Christ alone. And blind Bartimaeus, though he hadn't been given his sight yet, got rid of his garment. He said, I'm going to the God of glory and I'm not going to need this anymore. Listen, you don't need your sin. You need to go to Jesus. Your sin won't do anything for you. This world has nothing to offer you. Sorrow, that's all you'll get from it. Blind Bartimaeus cast away his garment and rose and went to Jesus. Listen, there needs to be some casting away tonight. I'm not talking about just the lost crowd. Surely there's enough, uh, there, we're in a large enough crowd where there'll be some lost amongst us. You need to cast away your sin and come to Jesus. But there are some Christians in here who still want to hold on to some things. And we need to cast it away. And we need to get rid of it. And we need to give it up and turn solely to the Lord Jesus Christ. And quit trying to hold on to some things. Pet sins in our life. We need to cast away. Verse 51. And Jesus answered and said unto him, talking to blind Bartimaeus, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. You see, Jesus asked him what he wanted. I already told you he knew what he wanted. Before blind Bartimaeus ever called out, he knew what blind Bartimaeus needed. But he said, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? He wants us to call out to him in faith and bring our plea before him. He already knows your need, but he wants to hear you ask. He wants to hear you ask him in faith. Listen, when you come before him and get saved, he knows you want to be saved, but he wants you to ask him. When you're hurting and when you're down and you're having trouble, he knows it, but he wants you to ask him for help. Listen, we go through things as Christians that we shouldn't have to go through. We struggle in things we shouldn't have to struggle through because we won't go to Jesus. And we want to try to do it on our own. And he's standing there saying, what would you have me to do? I'm waiting. What do you want me to do? And we don't ask him. And we don't bring it before him. And we struggle and we struggle. And it doesn't need to be that way. If you're a sinner tonight, he's asking you, what do you want me to do for you? Listen, if you're lost, he wants to save you. But he's not going to make you saved. He's going to wait for you to cry out in faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Probably everybody in this room knows that. But not everybody in here has exercised that. What will thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He said, I want my sight. I want my sight. And in verse 52, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. You see, he cried out in faith. That's all Jesus is asking you to do. Believe that he'll perform what he says he'll perform. And cry out in faith and ask him. And he'll perform it. And it says here, Thy faith hath made thee whole. If you remember when I read over in Mark chapter 2, I think it was in verse 5, you don't have to turn there. But it says, And when God saw their faith, he said unto the man of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. You see, he didn't just see the faith of the man that had the palsy. He saw the faith of the men that were bringing him too. Listen, when you're out there trying to reach the lost, God will see your faithfulness and trying to reach the lost and trying to bring someone to him. And though you might struggle and you might not have the result you want, he sees your faith in trying to do it. We just need to be faithful in trying to reach people. And God will honor that faith. We may not see people saved like we, ought, we think it ought to, the time we think it ought to. But if you're out there trying to reach your lost loved ones and trying to be faithful in it, I believe God will honor that faith. But so often we don't see the results because we give up too quick. And we throw up our hands and say, I can't do anymore. I, I've done everything I can. 
And God is just looking for us to go that extra step and see if we're really serious about wanting someone saved. It says, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. That's how salvation is. It's not a process of time. When you ask Jesus to save you, immediately you receive salvation. It's not by anything you do. It's by the finished work of Christ on the cross. And when you ask him to save you, he will do that. And immediately you will become a new creature in Christ. And that's what happened here. He received his sight immediately. And I believe he also received his uh, spiritual sight as well as his physical sight. It says, and follow Jesus in the way. You see, he didn't receive his sight and then say, I've got my sight now. I can do everything I've ever wanted to do in life and run off into the world and do it. He didn't do that. It says here, he followed Jesus in the way. I have a problem with these soldiers who come and they make a profession. Then you can't get them to come to church again. You can't get them to read the Bible. They don't want to be around Christian fellowship. They don't want to have anything to do with coming back to church. All it was was a verbal comment to them. There was no commitment by faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe I, They may not be faithful every time, but I believe that there'll be a desire in there to want to come to the house of God. There'll be a desire to want to know what the Word of God has to say, and there'll be a desire to get around Christians. I mean, they may not be 100% right away. I wasn't. It took me a little time. But there ought to be a desire there to want to be around God's people and to hear the Word of God preached. The Bible says in verse 47, he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. If we're going to have any effect in the communities out here on Fort Hood, wherever it might be that we work, we're going to have to realize that they've got to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. They've got to hear who he is. And we've got to understand they're blind, so we have to patiently guide them along the way and bring them through the Scriptures and understand that they've got to take small steps sometimes. They can't take it. We, we expect this great jump that we couldn't make ourselves. Someone had to be kind and patient with us, but yet we're not that patient with the next person down that we're supposed to deal with. Listen, people have got to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. My challenge to you tonight is, if you've heard about the Lord Jesus Christ and you know the Holy Spirit is tugging your heart, but you know that the devil's also there saying, hold your peace. Why don't you give in tonight and cry a great deal the more? Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He's ready to have mercy on you tonight. He's ready to forgive your sin. If you're a saved person tonight and you're struggling in some things and you realize there's no need to struggle there. I just need to leave it to the Lord. Listen, sometimes we're put through some things and it's for a reason. I'm not saying because you're struggling you haven't left it with the Lord. But I'm saying sometimes we're struggling because we haven't left it with the Lord. God's able. 